This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Tuesday morning to you. It is a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, and of course, DK Network, DraftKings Network. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin, live from Bar Canada at the D, downtown Las Vegas. How you doing, man? You good? I'm doing just peachy. How about you? Peachy. Just peachy. Okay. All just right. peachy. Uh, we got a good show today. Packed show. First of all, Major League Baseball playoffs, which we will get to in abundance this morning. Uh, we'll talk Major League Baseball with Paul Spore from Fangraphs. Also, Mark Borchard from Base Winner. Little baseball with Legasa later. John Legasa alert. That's right. It's the offense. It's an offense. He's like the microwave, Vinny Johnson. Uh, we'll talk not only baseball with him, but also uh, NFL as well. And uh, Pete Futak, college football. And a special numbers game investigation reveals that the NHL season. The, the uh, puck drops on it tonight. Yeah. And so our old buddy Jake Hahn will be here to uh, discuss all kinds of season longs, whether it's uh, to win it all, to win divisions, uh, awards, mismake playoffs. We'll see what he has. I don't know what he has. He's got a few bets. He's got a yeah. few bets. All right. Nothing on Connor Bedard, which I'm a little bad about. Did you brush up on your, uh, on your various hockey awards, season-long awards? Yeah, Connor Bedard and Connor McDavid. Just got to know the Connors. I was going to do the whole the whole quiz of what what everyone. What oh, is the Norris oh, Trophy? No, what is the Hart man. Trophy? I, right. What what are we the the again a deep a numbers game investigation <laughs> when you like one of them is a, the top scoring defenseman right? Yes. Like that is one of them. Yes. I don't even I don't know what the name is, but even that award they they really they really milk the awards when it comes to NHL. Yeah. Well. Okay. That's by the way the Norris Trophy. In case you were scoring at home. Uh, okay. You know all of them. No, but I oh, know okay. them. I know that one because we went through this on primetime action. Remember? He does. Jake, okay. Jake has a Norris Trophy. I, I, re- I retain our quiz information. Uh, okay, so first things first. Let's just talk about a couple NFL injuries that have gone down since the last time we were on air, and even some breaking this morning that have betting implications. First, with offensive player of the year. And again, apologies for putting this through the prism of NFL awards because, hey, that's what we do over here. Uh, but Justin Jefferson is out for at least four weeks because he was placed on IR. Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network was the first to report this this morning. Vikings plan to place Justin Jefferson on injured reserve because of the hamstring injury he suffered in Sunday's loss to Kansas City. Per sources, the exact timeline is a TBD based on how he responds to treatment, but Jefferson is out at least four games. That's how IR works. And so, uh, when it comes to Offensive Player of the Year, and I know he wasn't the, the shortest shot on the board, but he was in the proverbial mix 
of Offensive Player of the Year. And right now, when you look at that particular award at DraftKings, what you have is a a much, you know, I don't know how, could, how do I put this, one less sort of major player in that. Christian McCaffrey remains the short shot at plus 175, as that award has, again, the last four years, more and more become a depository for non-quarterbacks. Tyreek Hill, who I have 75 to 1 on, is at plus 250. And those are the only two guys in single digits at this point. Jamar Chase, after his ridiculous performance this past weekend against Arizona, is your third short, but he's all the way at 15 to 1. So that clears up that a little bit. And again, assuming someone can't come back from at least four games off to uh, do things that would win an award like that. But I think it's safe to say that that's cleared up by one player. You have Tyreek 75 to 1 in this market or MVP? Oh, I'm sorry. I have Tyreek. That's correct. I have MVP, Ty right? uh, that's correct. Okay. I have Tyreek MVP 75 to 1. I, I was have. like, man, that's a long number. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> but I have Brock Purdy <laughs> right, 75 yeah, to right. 1 Offensive Player of the Year because I, I zagged when everybody zigged. My, my apologies there. Uh, rookie, uh, excuse me, Rookie of the Year now. Offensive Rookie of the Year. The news this morning comes from Adam Schefter, and that ain't good for Devon Achan of the Miami Dolphins, one of the many Dolphins speedsters, but who uh, apparently our own Sean King here at VEASAN recommended in the offseason as a potential Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, award choice. Now he is expected to miss multiple weeks with his knee injury and a candidate for injured reserve as well. That has not been made official yet that he's on IR. So differing opinions as to whether or not he will be placed on IR like Justin Jefferson was. But if he misses multiple weeks, quote unquote, as was just uh, stated by Schefter in that tweet, then when you go to offensive rookie of the year, that becomes one player uh, less congested, if you will. C.J. Stroud remains the uh, short shot there, plus 130. Bijan... I don't really get why he's still number two, but that's like awards priors. He's at plus 350. And Puka Nakua, who I do have at 25 to 1 in this market, he's at 4 to 1 for Offensive Rookie of the Year. So a couple unfortunate injuries for those players and those teams, uh, and certainly clears up, though, from a betting standpoint, those particular markets. That's the latest with big NFL injuries in a year where it feels like there's a lot of big injuries. A lot of big injuries. We you talked about the Bills' defense being decimated as well. I was thinking about that this morning, but doesn't it feel like that every year? It, it, it like does. Like at some point during the season. Maybe I, this is on the early side. I but. feel like I say that maybe. I've said that last year too, maybe, or the year before. But it does seem like a lot early. Yeah. Does seem it's like just, a lot and we're going to do our power rankings next segment, but remember that how that was from week one to like week two? It was like, I don't know how I'm going to fit 10 teams in here. And now it's like, <laughs> all right, well, all these all these injuries keep happening, and it makes it easier to who, uh, of who to slide to the top. So there was football last night. Uh, it wasn't nearly as uh, exciting as baseball was, at least the first baseball game. But uh, Green Bay played the Raiders out here. I uh, live right in the middle of the strip. It was overrun with Packers jerseys um, all day long on the strip. The Raiders end up winning it 17-13. to 13. This was the proverbial megapod question. Which game do you want no part of on a betting, uh, on the, on betting side? If you had to bet all other games, if you lived in a bizarro world where you had to bet every single side of every game except you got one free pass, this was my free pass. I didn't want any part of this game. And the way that played out kind of corroborated it. Uh, the Raiders end up 2-3 and three after this. The Packers drop to 2-3 and three after this. Of all of my, my uh, season-long NFL bets, and a lot of them look really good, Matt LaFleur, Coach of the Year, might be at the bottom of the barrel on this at this point. Yeah, I have a longer shot ticket on the Packers to win the division. Do you, do you too? No, no I, just, I have the Matt, Matt LaFleur yeah. proxy You have LaFleur, that's right. Yeah. Matt, Matt Brown has the division ticket with me. That, that's looking, with how good the Lions are looking right now in this uh, 
I want to like. I think there's some upside to the Packers here, but man, Jordan Love's got to. He's got to become more consistent back there, and, and that might just take time. It might just take time, or he might just not be the guy. But we don't know. Tell. Too yeah. early to tell. The, of course, you know what the takeaway is from this, though. It's Josh McDaniels. It's yeah. Josh McDaniels every which way. If I did not know any better, at this point, I think Josh McDaniels is making the worst decision in every situation in every game on purpose almost. Like, that's that's how ridiculous this has gotten. First half of this game, it's a 10-3 to Raiders lead. Uh, Packers go three and out, so their third down play inside the two-minute warning ends at 142. Raiders are 142 left. The Raiders have two timeouts in their pocket, up 10-3. to McDaniels lets the clock go, and... After the punt, the Raiders end up with the ball at their own 24 with 55 seconds left in the quarter. So based on the time the third down play ended to the time they started the subsequent play, they wasted 47 seconds. 47 seconds, and there were 55 left. So almost half the clock yep. at that point. They ultimately drive uh, that, that ultimate uh, that drive of the uh, the last one of the of the first half ultimately ended in a. Daniel Carlson, I have to make sure I, I say the first name <laughs> on these two Carlson's field goal right, kickers. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Carlson had a 53-yard field goal blocked, so that ended up being the score at halftime, 10-3 uh, to 3 Raiders. But just so such an egregious mishandling of the clock, and you're like, well, nothing can be worse the rest of the night from Josh McDaniels. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, oh, wait. <laughs> Josh McDaniels held his own beer on this one. <laughs> so later in the game, and this is the score 17-13 to 13 Raiders at this point, in case you missed this, um, I, I talked about yesterday how nothing's quite as stupid as college football coaches. My God, Josh McDaniels, you're coaching a pro team. You're not supposed to do this. Uh, the Raiders start at their own 33 with 535 left. They're up 17 to 13. So they were in a position to do the whole thing where we've seen a few times this year already in the NFL, which is the team that's up essentially runs out the clock and the right. opposing team never gets the ball back. The Eagles have been great at this. We almost saw the Colts do that to the Titans this past week. So the Raiders start at their own 33 with 535 left. It comes down to, in their attempt to do that, to run out the clock, it comes down to a fourth and a long one at the Green Bay 34 with exactly two minutes left. Two-minute warning. The pack only has one timeout left. Again, it's 17 to 13. So you have options here. Going for it and sealing the deal being option number one. Punting it, little pooch, up four is option number two. Deciding to kick a 52-yard field goal <laughs> is a is a very far away third choice. What does oh, Josh McDaniel and he had time to think about I was it shocked. at the two-minute warning? Oh, yeah. He had many much time to think about it. He decides I'm going to kick a 52-yard field goal up four. You know the consequence of missing a 52-yard field goal. Which, by the way, here's the thing about a 52-yard field goal: it's from 52. <laughs> it's not, not easy. A, it's not a chip <laughs> shot. Uh, and the texts fly. I mean, the uh, the WTFs fly around the texts oh, of the yeah. world. Yeah. And uh, by the way, Josh Jacobs was gashing him at that point. And of course, Daniel Carlson doinks it. By the way, the field goal didn't even guarantee a win, right? It would only put you up seven. Right. And Green Bay probably going to go for two anyway if they score. And let me just repeat again if I haven't mentioned this. It's from 52. Anyway, he doinks it, right? So, of course he does. So, Green Bay starts at their own 42 with 156 left. They only have to go 58 yards. And sure enough, here's your first matriculate of the game. They easily matriculate the ball down the field to the to the uh, Raiders 35 because the Raiders are playing a defense where everything underneath is, is available. Yeah. 
And prevent defense, man. Jordan, get you every Jordan time. Love, all he had to do, and Troy Aikman pointed this out on the broadcast, all he had to do was take that all the way downfield. So they get to the Raiders 35, first and 10, just over a minute left. I mean, there's plenty of time. But then Dobbs, Romeo Dobbs drops a pass. Luke Musgrave couldn't haul in a second on the second down play. He probably should have. And then third and 10, Love just heaves it into the end zone, and Amik Robertson picks it, and there's your ball game. So Josh McDaniels bailed out royally of not one egregious error at the end of the first half, but a just colossal error at the end of the second half. And if you're Raiders management, yes, you won the game and you're super thrilled about that, but your your sort of your takeaway is like, oh my God, what is like is this real? Is this happening? Yeah, it's ugly. I'm i I'm taking trade offers for Devontae Adams. You are, yeah. If you're the Raiders, for sure. We'll come back. A lot to say about baseball. That's on the other side. And NFL Power Rankings next. Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally. But Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, it's Creighton. You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. The puck drops on the NHL season tonight, and our hockey betting experts are ready for all the action. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get our all new NHL betting guide featuring previews for all 32 teams, futures bets, award picks, and season long props. First period betting strategies, Steve Mackinnon's power ratings, plus best bets articles five days a week once the season starts. This guide's a must have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those new to the sport. Give yourself an edge, why don't you, this season, and get the VSIN NHL betting guide by becoming a VEASAN Pro subscriber today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Shout out to Johnny Lazarus, who put together that betting guide. 
and did such a great job on it. Looking at it right here, beautiful guide. Um, yeah, our new NHL analyst yeah. uh, here at the network. Yeah. Look, uh, looking forward to talking with him. And we'll have our buddy you know? Jake Hahn on later to talk NHL, all his season-long bets as well, his season-long thoughts in the National Hockey League. Uh, also coming up on the show today, uh, Doug from Toronto. Speaking of hockey, uh, the Leafs oh, yeah. still haven't won a cup since 1967. <laughs> uh, but Doug from Toronto. It's just been awkwardly sitting there for the first time. Yeah, oh, but it was off camera. When, oh, no, sort it wasn't of. off camera. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Uh, Doug from Toronto, who uh, was a big primetime action fan, I think, back yep. in the day as well. He actually went down to the South Point to look for us and didn't realize we weren't there anymore. He brought us, because it was, uh, I should just say, in tribute to Canadian Thanksgiving yesterday, a Canadian delicacy, ketchup chips. Now, let me tell you something. If you've ever known anybody from Toronto or, say, had a girlfriend from Toronto like myself, right, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that ketchup chips are a Canadian delicacy that, for whatever reason, the good folks at Lay's or any other <laughs> potato chip company doesn't think uh, uh, meets the American palate. And I don't know why. And You've never had a ketchup I've chip before? I don't think I've ever had one. I maybe had one when I was living overseas, but I was real young and I don't remember it. Later on the show, Kelly Bidlin tries a ketchup chip live on air. I'm going to give you the America feedback. On Mer- Mer- I'll let you know. I'll let you know what I think about your chips, Canada. <laughs> All right. The other thing from last night before we get to NFL power rank is baseball last night. Man, oh man, oh man. Uh, first of all, the Diamondbacks take a two to nothing lead in their best of five series against the NL West champion LA Dodgers. They do it very kind of ho hum. Uh, there wasn't a lot of flirtations for the Dodgers. Every one that every any flirtation that uh, appeared to. Uh, be forthcoming, got snuffed out quickly, and the Diamondbacks win it 4-2. to two. They're going back to Arizona for game three. They could sweep them, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, who, of course, were a wild card and all this. And then before that, the real drama, the Philadelphia Phillies looked like they were on their way to a 2 to nothing lead against the Atlanta Braves, the MLB best record Atlanta Braves this season. Uh, Zach Wheeler was no hitting the Braves through five. It was just one error from from perfect game through five, actually, uh, by Trey Turner. Then they sort of gifted a run to the Braves in the sixth when Turner couldn't uh, pick up a relay uh, cleanly. And then Zach Wheeler, you know, a lot of people are going to focus on the fact that ultimately the Phillies and Rob Thompson did not bring in their closer, Craig Kimbrell, one batter earlier. In other words, to face Austin Riley with two out in the eighth. Austin Riley ends up hitting a two-run homer that uh, took it from a ba- from a Braves four to three deficit to a five to four lead and eventual five to four win. But really, Zach Wheeler sort of lulled, I think, with his unbelievable performance, and he was just tremendous in this game. But then he gives up the two-run shot in the sixth. It's four to three, and if you look at a lot of people are going to focus on Kimbrel, but the real issue is Zach Wheeler third time through the order. And I think a lot of people miss this if you're not sort of a baseball hardo. And Joe Pita and I were throwing this back and forth yesterday. Every pitcher, every starting pitcher in baseball, their performance as you go through an order, first time, second time, third time, is going to deteriorate in a baseball game. Right, makes but, sense. But with, Zach, looks at him. but with Zach Wheeler, um, it is just ridiculous how it goes. So OPS, Team OPS Plus, 100 is league average. So first time through the order, his opposing batting order is 81. Okay. Second time, it's 95. Third time through, it's 130. And if he ever got to a fourth time through, it's 138. So for him, it's really an egregious drop. And he was pitching so well, I guess Rob Thompson just decided to go with it. He's got to be aware of those numbers, too. Yeah. And, uh, oh, boy, that's when it got to 4-3. to three. And so you could say... 
you know, if you're really nitpicking on this, you could say that was where this game turned, obviously, the, the two-run jack by Riley, the big moment. And then just the way that it ended, Michael Harris Jr., dramatic final double play, uh, jumping at the wall on a Nick Castellanos shot that Bryce Harper from first base thought, oh, I'm scoring on this. And then they doubled him up. I mean, even that play was amazing. Austin Riley was backing up. Great fundamentals. Got it to Matt Olson at first for the double up. It's just a, a dramatic baseball game. Um, but I just want to say this before we get to all the betting stuff with Borchard and with Spore and with Legesa. We talked about this on a numbers game last year. And I just want to bring it up again. We talked about it last year because we talked about it with Jeff Parles. Uh, he was He's a big Mets fan. And remember, I made all those Braves bets and the Mets got nipped at the end of the season for the division, and then they end up losing in the best of uh, three against the uh, the Padres. And so he was just really upset about it. But what it was really in the context of, and I think it's a worthwhile conversation, which is where and now you're getting more of a buzz. We talked about this last year, but now you're getting more of a buzz about it, which is the way that the MLB postseason format is set up. And I just want to repeat what I said last year, which is this does need to be discussed. Compare it to other sports. National Football League, you have 17-game regular season, and then you have single elimination in the playoffs. Okay, that makes sort of, you know, it's congruent with, with how the regular season goes. College football, 13 games roughly in the regular season, and then you have a 14 playoff. Again, it's going to go to 12 next year, and a lot of people say, well, that's what sucks about the 12 is it's going to render the regular season meaningless. Uh, NHL and, and, and NBA, you play 82 games, but then you play best of sevens in the postseason repeatedly so that if a team like, say, the Miami Heat beat the Milwaukee Bucks and then beat the Boston Celtics and get to the NBA Finals, you're okay with it because they've earned it dramatically by doing that. Baseball has 162 games, and then you go to a best of three and a best of five before you get to best of sevens. That is incongruent in a way, incongruent in a way that makes it feel like the regular season is a completely different entity than what happens in the postseason. And one can say, oh, well, it's kind of always been that way. But not like this where you have, and again, if you say, oh, there's more teams and uh, they don't reseed and, you know, there's a layoff, you know, those are all sort of dancing around the fact that it's just that incongruence. And by the way, the layoff, you could also argue, hey, well, the layoff might work for the better teams because now Spencer Strider gets to pitch on full rest in game four. So you can make that argument, I think, a couple ways. I mean, that one goes across many sports. Yeah. The rest versus rust argument. Yeah. yeah. And Brian Snitker, you could see when the Braves were losing four to nothing, he was already setting it up. You know, those interviews in between mm-hmm. innings where he was like, yeah, it's the you know, layoff for Freed. We'll see what we can, if he can, you know, if we can come back from this kind of thing. So... And I, I, I've brought this up a thousand times on this show. Stats by Lopez. I want to give him credit for this. Michael Lopez. Uh, years ago, in 2018, he did the study. 80% of NBA favorites get through the first round. The NBA is very top-heavy traditionally. We know that. Best of sevens. Um, by the way, it's interminable that the NBA plays a best of seven in the first round, but 80% of the favorites get through. Uh <laughs> To get 80% of your favorites through in the NHL, you'd have to play a best of 51. That's how random the puck bounce is in hockey. Right, just the sport. You'd have to play best of 51. Baseball is even more random than that. The nature of the game is even more random. At that time, 2018, before this format existed, you would have had to play, get ready for it, best of 75s in baseball 
for 80% of favorites to get through. So it's not a betting, you know, bet. And look, the bets are still there. I've got the Phillies to beat the Astros in the World Series. Last year, exploited everybody overrating the Mets down, down the stretch. We had, you know, it's not, a, it's not a betting question. We can still bet. That's wonderful. But I do think there is a broader baseball question at play where it's like, is this really good for the sport? And I think that's a very valid thing to, to discuss. The solution would be, hey, you go best of sevens at all, which I don't think really appeals to that many people, quite frankly. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Or you cut off some regular season games, man. Because you just, the more you play and then snuff it out even quicker in the postseason, the more it's ridiculous. Completely agree. I, I just don't know. I mean, I would chop regular season games. It just feels like we've brought this up a thousand times before. Yeah. And we're never going to do it because of records and stats and everything that go way back. Uh, I pitched this to you yesterday. I don't think you even responded, so I don't, I don't think you like it very much. <laughs> but uh, the way wait, I would set this up. <laughs> the way, wait a minute. The way that I would set this up is maybe not crowning a separate champion, but there should be a financial uh, financial trophy of some kind for winning the regular season and then set up a I playoffs. remember you talking about this. Yeah. You said it's it was more kind of like Premier League Premier style. League. Yeah, Premier like, League style. If you're going to play that many games in a regular season, they can't be meaningless. You can't expect people to watch baseball all summer that's right. and then run into the playoffs and it's like, oh, cool, my team's out already. That's, that's we right. dominated for three months and now we're out already. Because the regular season becomes more of an exercise at right. that point. Right, yes. I know you still got to get a certain threshold to get into the postseason, but then you have more teams in, so the threshold lowers, you know, the, the more teams you add. I think that's a great sort of idea. I just don't think the American sports fan right, has whatever, any like. <laughs> ability to process. What do you mean we have a regular season champ and then a real champ at the end, postseason champ, and they're supposed to be, like, equal on some level? And, and I get it, college football is more yeah. popular, but I think that's going to be a problem, too, with the expanded playoffs. Oh, for sure. It renders many, we talked about this with Utah, it renders many a regular season game, if not all for some teams, meaningless. We'll come back. John Legesa next on MLB and NFL. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, we've got to take a few seconds and talk about Zin Nicotine pouches. We're always debating what a team needs to do to get to number one. Well, Zin Nicotine pouches are already there. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It's Gil Alexander, live from Bar Canada at the D. On a numbers game, we get tweets at beating the book. Jack Larkin, last night's Braves epic comeback win just reminds us how beautiful a thing playoff baseball really is. I agree, Jack. I absolutely agree. Uh, I wish a uh, younger generation saw it our way a little more, but that's just how it is. Tom Collins, the Norris's best defenseman, not the top-scoring defenseman. Did I say that it was top-scoring? Top I don't believe I did. did yeah, I? you did. I was did asking I which score? one it was. Yeah, you convinced me. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on. And, and then you and then you uh, gave me some garbage for not remembering our on-air quiz, which I don't remember at all. Oh, I were be, uh, best defenseman. Then, then I misspoke. I, <laughs> pardon me, Tom Collins. Tom Collins. Uh, the James Norris Memorial Trophy, or simply the Norris Trophy, is awarded annual to the National League Hockey's top defensive player. You are absolutely right. It says that right in the uh, right in the awards. Uh, Logic three two two seven. I traded our Nugent. I traded uh, Nugent Hopkins for uh, Bedard, based off of Kelly Bidlin's glowing endorsement of Connor Bedard. So if it doesn't work out, I'm holding Kelly personally responsible. Just kidding. Carl Cope. Sounds good. I don't know who Ryan Nugent Hopkins is. So yeah, sounds good to me. Carl Cope here in Pennsylvania. Uh, hers in Pennsylvania makes ketchup-flavored chips. Unfortunately, in snack size bags only, they are tremendous. 
By the oh, way, interesting. By the way, okay. Doug in Toronto uh, sent us a big Lay's ketchup bag and a small snack size one, and uh, I got the big one. <laughs> sure did. Uh, Jay Green, similar to the President's Trophy in the NHL, talking about our discussion about uh, the baseball playoff format. I said similar to the President's Trophy in the NHL, your idea. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so there's some basis for it. Agree something is needed because it doesn't make much sense as it is. Yeah, the problem, though, with the President's Trophy, and I, I come as a Caps fan, they've won their share of President's Trophies. It doesn't matter. Uh, Jeff Holdorf, MLB postseason fun fact, the teams with the best five records. Yes, this is correct. This is the stat everybody's throwing around in the regular season. Atlanta, Baltimore, the Dodgers, Tampa Bay, and Milwaukee, now 1-9 in the postseason. The Braves' hard stopper gave the big boys their first victory. Love this sport. Jason Stark, he doesn't have a problem. Jeff Holdorf with the format, apparently. Jason Stark, we have it in hockey. Uh, President's Cup, he goes, no one cares. Just what I just said. Joe Abraham. <laughs> I'm with Nobody you, man. Cares. I just said it. Joe Abraham, the randomness of MLB playoffs led me to make uh, two postseason bets. Baltimore, Arizona World Series at 66 to 1 and Minnesota, Arizona at 150 to 1 at BetMGM. MLB has to change this format next year. But Joe's with me that you can still exploit it betting wise. And then Jesse Welch, I've heard an interesting idea where there's a first half season and second half of a season playoff bid. I think I like the idea of that adding much more strategy to the entire season. You know, in 1982, one was it when there was a baseball uh, work stoppage? Don't hold me to the 81. I think it was 81. They did that. Uh, because of that, they had to they had to maneuver on the fly. And so they had a first half of the season and a second half of the season, and that's how they uh, ended up uh, having playoff teams determined. So there is actually some precedent on that, if not by accident, or if by accident, I should say. All right, John Legesa joins us. By the way, can I, before we bring Legesa in, I just want to put everybody here behind the curtain here on a numbers game. So before this segment, uh, because I did the whole baseball dissertation in the last segment, I ran our power rankings off, and I say to Kelly, oh, don't worry, uh, I'm sorry about that. And Kelly goes, no, it was great. And then I said, okay, we go do power rankings when you do college football guessing lines. And Kelly, without missing a beat, says to me, he goes, oh, no, 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 no. That ketchup chip tasting thing is going to take a while. <laughs> So, so I guess there's no power rankings coming up. People. We'll get them in tomorrow. <laughs> we'll come tomorrow. John Legesa joins us, everybody. We always thrill to uh, to talk to Legesa, both on uh, Major League Baseball and, of course, the National Football League. You can follow him at John, L-A-G-H-E-Z-Z-A. That, of course, is Legesa. He's the NFL and MLB writer for The Athletic. How you doing, Johnny? Hey, Gil. Kiss it each, man. What's up? Let me just chime in really quick on this format stuff. It's really so funny. So you're telling me that the game with the highest amount of variance is really unpredictable in the smallest samples? This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Listen, none of these series, we all know the problem. The season's probably a touch too long because of the weather issues that it creates on the edges, right? Early in the spring, late in the, getting into the winter, late into the fall is what I mean. You got to shorten the regular season if you really want to make this stuff fair. Mm -hmm. These series have to be seven games. They yes. must be seven games to test all aspects of the team yes. that are necessary to get you to the finish line. So uh, again, this as somebody that modeled over 5,000 MLB games, I have the greatest amount of disdain for trying to bet on these playoffs. The edge is not there. The pricing's not great. But let's see if we can make a few dollars anyway. Yeah, I mean, exactly put. It's you're already taking the most random of sports, and you're making it even more random by going to five games, best of fives and best of threes even. So yeah. it, it's uh, it's definitely something they got to look at. Okay, let's yeah. start with baseball since we're already talking about it. Sure. The Rangers have a chance to sweep the AL East winning 100-game winning Baltimore Orioles in game three today back in Arlington. You have a couple bets uh, you'd like to make on this ball game, and this is the second of the two today. 
Yeah, I'm going to stay with the momentum and go with the Texas Ranger offense. Let's not bury the lead. We're going to go over four and a half runs. It's right at standard vague, probably minus 105. Do the best you can as far as shopping it around. I mean, Baltimore just didn't have the pitching, the power pitching that you need. And now they're down 0-2, rolling out, you know, Dean Crispy Creamer. 412 ERA, 1-3 whip. Kind of checking all the boxes that we go after. 40 hard hit, 9 barrel, 1.5 homer, 9. Just kind of average the entire arsenal gill, every single pitch, and it's a deep one. Fastball, cutter, sinker, change, and curve, plus the sweeper. Have a minimum 400 X slug. He's really struggled against lefties in particular. 270 BA allowed, 29 extra base hits. And the fastball and cutter combo, he overuses. a 60% use rate between the two. Almost 500 X slug, 19 home runs allowed. And when you look at lefties, that number bumps up to 630 expected slug on 60% of the arsenal. He's in trouble. The first, I mentioned the Texas team total. I think the other thing I like is the Seager total base prop. So we'll mix those in together. I saw that around even money. Seager in the second half, 185 plate appearance against righties. 305 average, 1055 OPS, a 366 isolated slugging. People. Just so you understand, isolated slugging is quite literally your extra base hit rate. That's a 37% extra base hit rate. Well, we're hoping for at least three at-bats. He's killed righties. I mean, the, the numbers are just cartoonish, Gil. 72% hard hit rate against right-handed fastball this year. Just cartoonish. And then he's got all of the backup of Dolis Garcia, Simeon, Josh Young, and now Evan Carter looking like a seasoned veteran out there in the box. Is it possible to get out? I don't see how Baltimore keeps him under five runs, and I don't see how you keep Seager under two bases. This one feels kind of lopsided, and I liked Baltimore coming in. I thought maybe they would have split the Braddish Grayson Rodriguez duet. They did not. Now they're in trouble, backs against the wall. Can't pitch to contact against his team. I think Baltimore's in trouble. Yeah, I grew up a Baltimore Orioles fan, um, and you never hear me, you never heard me talking about him, you know, as, as a futures play this year because. I never thought they had enough pitching for this postseason format. And that's despite the fact that yeah. Kramer himself, right, from an ROI perspective, right, if you bet him blind, if you bet the Orioles blindly every single game this year that he started, you'd be up almost 16 units. The next best pitcher in baseball, quote unquote, in that wow. category uh, would be Patrick Corbin of the Nats, who barely got you nine. So it was Kramer by a long shot. Um, yeah. There's that sample, right? There's those right, sample sizes. Right, but that's, that, that isn't a reflection of his true skill set, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to uh, Dean Kramer, who is Israeli American, who, uh, you know, for a lot of folks were saying today uh, how he might have he might be distracted by such a thing. Um, Dean Kramer and I, uh, we are we are not very dissimilar in that fact. You can compartmentalize. So I don't think that should be used as a uh, as a handicapping factor in all of this. Let's say for anyone who brings yeah. that up. Last thing on Baltimore, I'd like to give people just a shred of hope. And this is from a died in the wool Yankee fan. I mean, I don't think you were wrong to not have those futures bets placed. But let's be realistic about the window. The window is just opening for these Orioles. It's just yes. beginning to open. Yeah. They are in place to go on a run, Gil, yes. for the next five, eight, ten years. They have also shown the ability to develop pitching. Bradish is part of that. Grace Rodriguez as well. After the promotion, he looked great. If they add a few more arms, if John Means comes back healthy, he's a very good back-end starter. If he's your four or five and not your two or three, the Orioles are going to make noise for a long time to come. This team, the arrow, even if they get swept, I don't care. The yes. arrow is firmly pointed up for the Orioles. And I said that at the trade deadline when they did not make a move for some mythical pitcher that everybody thought was out there that was the panacea, which there wasn't. I said they're playing for a dynasty. They're not playing for this year. They're playing for a dynasty. They really are. You know, I thought they would have went after a guy like a Giolito yeah. that we've seen upside from in small sets, right? On a per-inning basis, we know he could be very impactful, Lucas Giolito. And we know he struggled with control. He was getting dangled out there. 
And I just thought Baltimore might see if kick the tires and see if they could fix it. And they just didn't. And I, that might have been the one misstep was just give it a shot, you know, try and get yourself over the hump. But again, not to take anything away from them. They've been brilliant. 30 seconds on your favorite football play in week six, sir. San Francisco minus five. Deshaun Watson hasn't <laughs> practiced. I think I think we're covering minus five with Watson. I know we're expecting some weather. It doesn't matter. DTR is not ready to quarterback. That offense in general looks kind of sloppy. I am not into the Browns at all. San Francisco is a well-oiled machine on every phase of the game. They just made a very good Cowboys team look atrocious. I, just think of it, the second Watson, I don't think he's going to play. When he is announced out, this line is going to the double digits. So, yeah, San Francisco by five should be pretty easy right now. John, could you bring more energy next time? Really? It really loud. I'm going to try and dial it down. I forgot my cold brew. Oh, John LaGase, everybody. <laughs> Instant offense. The microwave. Love hanging out with you, brother. I miss you, man. Thank you, John. Miss you, too. Thank you so much. Take John LaGase, at John Lagheza on Twitter, phonetically spelled. We'll come back. Paul Spore on baseball. Fangraphs, his thoughts on both games today. That's next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. game. <laughs> A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Hey, don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Gil Alexander, Kelly Bidlin, live from Bar Canada at the D. You know how I had the cord before uh, over my shoulder, and now and Reggie came and so kindly fixed it. Did now you, I did have clip it now, back there? now I have phantom cord. Like every time I move my arm, I'm like, 
I have phantom, I have a case of uh, phantom cord. I'm like, Reggie, you're, Reggie, you're can you fix problem. my phantom cord? <laughs> uh, we get tweets at the beginning of the book. Scotty B726. He says, uh, what a treasure Bob Costas is. Listen, Bob Costas is an American treasure. There's no question about that. And Bob Costas will have done more in this business than uh, you and I could 10, 10 lifetimes, Kelly, combined. I just, I'm, I'm curious why I loved him so much when I was a kid doing a baseball game. But now when as an adult, I'm kind of over it. And I can't, really, I can't really wrap my arms around why that is. Is it because broadcasting styles have changed over the, the decades and he's still doing the old Costas and so it, it doesn't feel right? Or is it something specifically about what he's doing? Because I love Bob Costas. I, I love it. When it. Whenever he appears, I'm, I'm always interested to, to hear yeah. what he has to say. And I, I, last night I was thinking about it, I was like, I think it's... There's too much emphasis in the year 2023. His diction, he's always trying to choose the exact right word and add poetic compliment to the game itself. And it's well-intentioned. But let's take the end of that Braves game last night. If that's Costas doing it and not Brian Anderson, I don't think it's as awesome. Even though Anderson made a little bit of a mess of the, of the last play in some respects, but anybody would have. But I think if it's Costas, it's not nearly as exciting. I think... I think that's what it is. That that it just hasn't his broadcasting a, yes. style is a little outdated. I think it's a little. I think it's a little bit of both. I yeah. think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. He's, I, mean, I think he's allowed to not be as good as I he think was, he is. You know, fifteen, twenty years well, ago. Well, and too. I think like he's that's and I think he's also allowed to be that throwback. Right. Right. And yeah, I get it. For for some, he's, you know, for some, he's not quite what he was. But he's still an American treasure. I agree with Scotty B's premise for sure. Uh, let me just read a couple more baseball tweets here, real quick, before we get to Spore. This is uh, from This is from Three Jack Thirty One Three Jack H Thirty One Thirty One. Perfectly happy with the MLB playoffs as a Rangers World Series ticket holder at fourteen to one. Charlie D USA number one talking about our format discussion. What about a multiplier? Only regular season champs qualify and win the World Series. You can get three times the bonus, five times the bonus if you have the best overall record and win it all. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what the bonus is. T uh, Titans Insider: Are the Twins and Phillies series prices still worth a shot? I think they're both kind of live, even though I have the Phillies over the Astros in the World Series. Paul Spore joins us from Fangraphs. He's the host of the Sleeper and the Bust podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Spore, S-P-O-R-E-R. -E How you doing, Paulie? I'm well, Gil. How are you? Doing very well. Uh, give me 60 seconds on the whole discussion of betting aside, fantasy aside, DFS aside, everything that we do aside. Does baseball have to do something about the postseason or they leave it as is where do you stand i mean i don't know what they have to do something there is this feeling that like when you get too old in that first round like were you even in the playoffs type of thing like do we need to do something better there did we already have kind of the format I, I don't know. And I know that there's talk now about rest versus rust type of thing. Obviously, the Braves winning yesterday kind of tempered some of that. And and Fangraphs ran an article that said uh, the rest, rest of teams are 24 and 11 when there's an X, X number of rest over a team that's that's not uh, rested. So there isn't really an issue there. We, we tend to overreact. Um, I don't know that anything necessarily needs to be done. I'd be fine altering that first round a bit. I, I I don't know. And I don't like that this is five after the three. Right. I, I wonder if we go from three to seven. If we're going to play that quickie, yes. let's jump to sevens 
the rest of the way. I, I agree with all that because it's not the rest versus the rust. I made the point. Strider can go on full rest now with some rest, you know, here also after. I get they're talking about the five days rest before, but like rest yeah. has other implications too. Uh, format has other implications with rest, um, and the best teams tend to have the best pitchers in general. It, it is exactly. the, it is the 162 games versus that kind. The most random sport of them all can't be made more random by th best of threes and best of fives. It comes down to that. I agree completely. Yeah, with and that. and. Like, that's what we've got with baseball. Like, the playoffs are always going to be a bit random. Yeah. But let's try to cut some of that. Yes. If you want to go with that three, we jump to seven per after that. Perfectly stated. Okay. Let's go to, first of all, before we get to the two games today, last night, I mean, did the Braves, did, did that mark to you, okay, now the Braves are going to win this? Or that amazing, dramatic, come from behind four to nothing uh, deficit that they raced and won five to four on the dramatic last play where Harris made the catch or is it just a brief respite, in your opinion, for the Atlanta Braves? I, I think that they're just they're saying, hey, we're still in this, okay? If you guys thought we were going to maybe not be as in it, um, we, we had a nice comeback win here with an amazing play at the end. By the way, how amazing was Austin Riley just in general? The catch and follow yes. territory, the home run, yes. and then the, the presence of mind on the backup there yes. to get the double play. I mean, he's so far and away the player of the game there. Just an amazing, amazing play for him. That was a bit Jeter-esque. You know, I, I, I sometimes push back on the on the Jeter flip a little bit of like, uh, what was he even doing there? But it, was, it ended up being a great play. But with Riley, I mean, that presence of mind there because uh, uh, Albies biffs it completely. He totally misses it and yep. took a bad hop on him. So, yeah, I, I think it's just more of like we're here. We we know Phillies are good. We didn't take them lightly. They just came to play. Uh, but here we are. We erased an amazing Zach Wheeler outing. It's 1-1. We'll see in announcing themselves. On the other end, uh, I don't know how to not feel terrible if I'm a Dodgers fan right now. You would not take the plus 450 on the Dodgers down 2 to nothing in a best of five. It's not enough bang for your buck. I don't think so. I really don't. Yeah, yeah because who who are you turning to? I'm a Lance Lynn guy. I've been on this broadcast talking him up even when he was with Chicago. I need more heat. All right, game three tonight. Um, and this is, of course, what Joe Torre used to say. Most important game of any series is game three. One-to-one -one between the Astros and the Twins. We're going back to Minnesota. It's Sonny Gray against Christian Javier. This is not your older brother and sister's Christian Javier. Sonny Gray's minus no. 135 here. What do you like? I, I like the Twins here. I'm really big on these Twins. And I think I mentioned it to you at the outset of the playoffs. I realized I really wasn't alone there. I thought they were a bit more of a sneak team. But no, you know, Sharps were on them. A lot of heat for this team with that pitching that they have, the, the, the key hitting. Uh, they've got hitters that can do damage. Obviously, Royce Lewis trying to put the whole team on his back, even with a bad hammy. Um, and Javier's just been inconsistent this year. And the long ball has been a problem. And those lefties that, that Rocco Baldelli stacks in that lineup against righties, they could pre present issues. Javier can flip on a dime and go put up a great outing. I'm not going to be surprised there, but I got to lean twins even as the favorites love what Sonny Gray does. He's a big time competitor in the playoffs too. had some great outings against my Tigers as an Oakland a. So I respect what he's able to do. I really like this twins ball club. I think they go up two one. Yeah. By the way, a little earlier today on the baseball. So a little day baseball in that game. 407 mm -hmm. Eastern 107 uh, Pacific, obviously at central time in Minnesota. Uh, and then game uh, three, where the Rangers are looking to sweep the Orioles. That's in the nightcap tonight in Arlington. Bruce Bochy's Rangers minus 135 favorites. And by the way, the Twins down to about a minus 130 favorite now. Consensus in that first game. Nathan Ivaldi, Dean Kramer, Rangers. Our, our guy Ivaldi, me and you, Paulie, we love this guy. Minus right. 135. Do you think the Rangers complete the sweep? 
I have a hard time not thinking so. This team, my goodness. It's it, it's playing out like the old classic. Young team on the rise gets there, and they're not quite ready for, for the October lights. Now, I don't want to make too much of three games and be like, you know, discrediting the Orioles or whatever, but it is like kind of that thing of like, okay, you guys are new here. I mean, the Rangers aren't exactly playoff, uh, uh, you know, that's true stalwarts that's either. Right. Yeah. But they have players on their team who have been, right? So there is a collection. You got Bochi at the top. You got Simeon and Seeger uh, who have definitely been there. But you got some young guys leading their way too. So it's, it's not even so much that. But even when you were most excited about this Orioles team, you had to look at the starting pitching uh, outside of Bradish, at least for me, and be 100%. like, yeah. is this ready to really go? And we know by now not to get too freaked out about September when it comes to October performance. So I had no worries about the Rangers based on what they did in September. I had my own concerns about their bullpen, but as far as the offense having gone cold a little bit and them having dropped the, the division, that wipes away the second that October comes and they're showing here we are. We've got this amazing offense. Oh, and by the way, they're going to add Wyatt Langford to this offense next year too. So get ready for that. Yeah. ALS. That's going to be fun. I, I think they have a really good shot at closing it out tonight. I hope the O's fight. So I'm, I'm kind of wishing for more baseball. So, um, but if I'm betting, I am betting Texas. If I'm, if I'm just hoping and praying and, and being a fan, I'm, I'm rooting for the O's for more baseball. That's right. Potential quadruple header tomorrow. If everything's still alive. That's right. Potential quadruple header. We need it. Um, real quick. Who's in the world series right now as it stands. Twins. Braves. Twins. Braves. Paul Spore. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Thanks, Gil. Take care. At Spore, S-P-O-R-E-R -E from Fangraphs. Uh, DK Network, Dan Levitard is next. We're coming back. A little hockey break at VEASAN with our buddy, Jake, next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.